performerstuff.com presents In the Holding Room with Christian Abbott. Hey everyone, thank you for joining me in the holding room. I'm your host, Christian Abbott, and we have a wonderful show planned for you. Our performer spotlight segment today is gonna feature Broadway performer, Mike Cannon. He's been in a bunch of Broadway shows, so you know he knows how to crush auditions. My Thank You Five segment today will be talking about what you need to pack in your audition bag. And Professor's Corner will feature conductor, composer, musical director extraordinaire, Mr. Sean Michael Flowers, and he'll be talking about what you need to have a voracious appetite for. So thanks for joining me in the holding room. Let's kick it off with our Performer Spotlight segment. Performer Stuff was created to meet the needs of folks just like you, performers, educators, and professionals in the entertainment industry. At Performer Stuff, you can search our online store for monologues and music for your next audition or to use in your classroom. On our More Good Stuff blog, you can access hundreds of articles and how-to lists created just for you by industry professionals. There are dance and voice classes and workshops at PS Academy. Plus, you can download podcasts and shows just like this one featuring performers and entertainment pros from around the world. Basically, it's an online community just for you. So check out the website at performerstuff.com or follow us on social media. We have an awesome episode for you today, and I am so excited to introduce to you our first guest for our Performer Spotlight segment. Him and I go way back. He has been crushing it for like two decades. He was up in New York doing uh, shows at the Paper Mill Playhouse. He did a chorus line and Damn Yankees up there. He did the tour of Mamma Mia and Grease. Uh, he made his way to Broadway. He was in All Shook Up and The Adams Family. He was in Ghost on Broadway. He was in the original revival cast of A Chorus Line on Broadway. He was in West Side Story on Broadway. And for the past five years, he has been killing it in Aladdin on Broadway. I am so thrilled to introduce you to this guy because he obviously knows how to crush auditions. He's been working for a long time and he is absolutely amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Mike Cannon. Hey Mike, it's great to talk to you, man. It's been a long time. Yeah, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm going to ask you to kind of take us back to one of your first professional auditions. You know, what was that like? What did you prepare? You know, what were you going after? And just uh, talk, us, talk us through that experience. I took a Greyhound bus. Oh, this, this sounds so typical, like a typical story. But yeah, I took a Greyhound bus all the way to New York, like through the night. We left right after like our, our classes on like a Thursday. We may have missed classes on Friday. Don't tell my teachers. Right. Um, so, so we came up and uh, got off the bus. I got like a bagel and went right to the theater. And it was an audition for Cats. I was like, my heart was pumping the moment I got in there. Just thinking, I'm in New York, like trying it out, like going for it. I cannot believe that you know, I've been taking these classes back in Pittsburgh and thinking about what New York is and thinking about what these actors and dancers, singers go through. And now I'm actually in the midst of it. Like I was nervous from the moment I walked in, probably after, right after I got off the bus, I was like freaking out. It was an open call. So I, I like four hours later of my heart pounding, uh, like <laughs> sweating. I'm already so, tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get on stage. You're like, okay, step forward, say your name and do a double pirouette. I said, all right, Mike Cannon. Did my double, eh, maybe one and three quarter <laughs> wet. I don't know if I got around fully. They're like, okay, thank you. That was it. 
time to go back to school. So I go back on the bus now and get, wow. And that was my initial, like, all right, you need to do some work, like, because there's going to be a lot of no's out there. And that's what, a, you know, that's what you find out through your career, that there will be a lot of no's. But the main thing is that every audition is just like being in class. It's an education. Auditioning is, is a whole nother tool. Uh, you can sing well, dance well, act well, but you also have to audition well. That's a whole nother thing that you learn just by doing it. You really can't, you can't like duplicate that in a classroom. It, you're just going to have to go out there and do it and learn. Keeping that tool sharp I think, yeah. you know, you can never rest on your laurels when it comes to that audition as, you know, as good as I may have been, it doesn't matter in an audition if you can't pull it off. So that's Absolutely. a great point. That's yeah. a great point, Mike. Yeah. And you make a good point about keeping that tool sharp as well. You know, being in a show, I've been so fortunate to be in Aladdin for six years. And through that time, we are working so hard. I was the dance captain on the show. I'm putting people into the show. I'm auditioning people to be in the show. So I don't have time to go audition myself. And also I, you know, I don't want to go into other shows. So the auditioning has gone on the back burner. So when I do go into an audition now, I'm like, whoa, I, for, I forgot how good I used to be at this. Like I got to get this going again. So you do have to keep it sharp for sure. So what about, uh, you know, one of those early professional jobs that you went all the way through the audition process to get the role? Walk us through you know, that experience, what, what songs did you prepare? What was the dance call like? Or depending on the audition, what was, what was that experience like? I could have talked about a chorus line uh, that I did on Broadway. Yeah. Is that yeah, cool? Yeah. Um, so funny enough, there's actually a, a documentary called Every Little Step. Every Little Step. Mind. Yeah, we saw you in it. So wait in line all day, get in there, do a double pirouette, say my name, do a time step. And this time they said, okay, we want to see you back in a couple hours to do the jazz combination. So went back, danced the jazz combination. They said, great, we want to see you do the, the ballet combination. So they taught that, did the ballet combination. They said, okay, come back in two hours and we want to hear you sing and read. So I sang my own song. Or not, not, not sing and read, I just sang. Mm -hmm. uh, what did I sing? Yeah, do you remember? <laughs> oh, yes, I sang The Kid Inside. I Craig Carnelia. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just a very simple, easy song. Just, you know, a lot of inner thoughts. And I thought that was a great song for the show because a chorus line is about that. A lot of people just being kind of bare and open and, and, and like revealing themselves, oh, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. Did you so, have any um, gangs prepared just in case they wanted something else? I probably did. Um, I've never had a very large, I, know, I don't take like every song in no audition. I take like three songs. I'm like, mm -hmm. that's all I want. I don't want to be fumbling. Okay, I can sing this for you and like wondering where it is in the book. Right. I just take like three or four songs that I know are good for that show. Everything else is out of my book. So I, I probably had like, all I need is the girl. Because it's a, it's a little like, you know, like Mike Costa kind of like <laughs> song and dance man kind of situation. Nice. Um, but those are probably the two that I can remember. So I went through that whole day and we're sitting outside and of all the people, we probably had like, there's probably 30 people left. I went back six or seven times till finally I got to the end uh, and the last final audition was on stage at a theater. I forget the name of the theater right now. Um, but uh, 
we danced the jazz and the ballet with everyone, with the directors and producers and everyone out in the house <laughs> with lights in our faces. And it was very, uh, very theatrical audition for sure. That doesn't always happen. <laughs> Normally they're in, in studios. Um, got to the end of that and they said, okay, well, we'll let you know. And it was like a month later, I think, that I found out. So <laughs> I, I auditioned, I mean, over like four months for this show. Wow. Went back so many times. So it was a long process. So what, how did you treat those, those callback days? What, what did you... What did you wear? Did you plan anything, you know, strategic when picking out what you were going to wear or what you were going to prepare for the next callbacks? I I don't dress like I'm the character, but I kind of allude to the fact like, hey, you know, uh, I'm not going to dress the same for like a Hamilton audition like I will a chorus line. You know, it's two completely different things. So I just made sure that I, um, I picked something that was kind of like the characters that I was going in for, which was Mike Costa, Alan DeLuca, Mark. Um, and then uh, I made sure that I uh, worked on those dances every single day in between those auditions. So it wasn't like I put it to the side and was like, okay, well, I know it. When I go back in, I'll, I'll do that dance. I went to the gym every day and I perfected every single move. So I went in there it was like second nature. I didn't think about what's the next step. I was just locked in. I was like, this is part of my body now. Yeah. And same with, same with the monologues they gave me because we had monologues for each person. We had a song for each person. I made sure that, that those were a part of me, part of my story, so that when I went in there, I was that guy. You know, very, that's uh, very relieving for me to hear you say like, <laughs> no, man, I worked my tail off in between those callbacks to be oh, yeah. the next day, you know? So. Every, every show I've ever gotten, it's because I've outworked people and not because I'm the best one in the room. It's just like, I won't stop working until I get it. And if I don't get it, it's for something that I can't control, right? Yeah. So I could tell you from 20 years of being up here, very, very talented people will get a show, but the hard workers make a career out of it. So can you, can you talk to us maybe a little bit about that rehearsal process and mm-hmm. maybe some tactics that you use to make sure that you're staying on your A game throughout the rehearsal process? You know, I, I see people coming into rehearsal and they don't eat much all day and they're, they're wiped by the end. And, you know, rehearsals, we're building up muscle that, you know, in each, each dance, you know, so if you're not, you know, feeding your body, then you're going to start breaking down. And that's when people start getting hurt, like right before opening, you know, so definitely taking care of yourself. Um, you know, we, we learn the very first thing we do is we learn the music, all the music, we, we audio record all of our parts. And so I put that on my phone and taking the train to work, taking the train home from work, I'm listening to it because again, I want it to be second nature. So when I'm out there in the rehearsal dancing, I'm singing my part and it's just coming out. It's not like I'm trying to, because how do you try to remember what moves you're doing and also remember what notes you're singing when you have four or five part harmonies, whatever, all over the place. So I try to uh, get that music into my head as quickly as possible. And nothing's more frustrating to a music director than teaching you music for three days and then everyone goes out there to dance and Net doesn't remember any of it. They're like, ah, what did we just do for the past few days? You know, so I try my best to uh, keep, get that music in my head first. And um, 
Do you do you journal or use any tools? Do you journal or, or write in your scripts or yeah, note taking process like you know? Yeah, well, I've swung a couple shows now and and dance captain, so my note taking process that the notes that I take are like fundamental to me having any sort of success, you know, in the show and especially uh, being a swing in the beginning when you're not out there dancing with everyone for every rehearsal. You're you need to be able to just get out there and go into any part in the rehearsal process. So it's not like you've learned the steps and then you're amongst the group. You've been off to the side, like in like the coat closet, learning the combination. And then you expect to go out there and do a full out, you know, with a partner or whatever. So I take so many notes all day long and then I go home and I rehearse myself. So I have, I'm like, wait, that person crossed downstage of them and then upstage and they exited wing three. So I put myself like on the stage in my head and I'll dance it like in my living room. Like, okay, then I go out here and then I'll cut, I, I change my clothes. So I pretend I could do that. And I come back on. I, so I basically take my mind through the show as though I'm that person in my living room so that when I get out there, at least I have a little sense of, you know, re- recall of like what that, what I'm supposed to be doing. Notes are so important. Um, you know, I have folders on my computer for different tracks for uh, in different shows. Um, if anybody out there ever wants to learn how to be a swing, hit me up. We will have a full-on workshop on how to be a swing in a show because I've done it a lot of times and I, I know every hurdle and everything from physical to emotional that you go through as a swing. So, uh, yeah, no, notes are very important. Mm. And, and what's uh it's probably the best piece of advice that, that you've received. Don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Cause I am like, that's, I'm so hard on myself. And, um, in this business, you're not always going to be what they're looking for. And you're not always going to get the job and you're not always going to go out there and nail your performance. We're going to be back in a moment with, uh, with our lightning round with you, Mike, but I, um, you know, these are very, these are very different times. I mean, Broadway has been shut down for a while. And one of the things that you've been looking at is, is the young people or the new to New York people, how do they come to town? How do they live? And, and your desire to help those people out and help them. Yeah. Flooding. Do you, can you just talk about what you've been doing there for a little bit? So not only as a, I'm an actor still, and I'm still in Aladdin and cannot wait to get back on stage, but also uh, I'm a real estate agent. I have my company here, the New York Home Squad. And uh, what we do is help people, you know, get over that fear and that anxiety of moving to the city. So you're out in, you know, Oklahoma and you're saying, what do I do if I want to be an actor in New York? Where would I go? How do I find an apartment? You call us and we walk you through the whole process. No matter what the case, we walk them through the process and make sure that that whole scary thing of moving to the big city is gone. And we connect you with other actors that have done the same thing. So you feel like you're coming into a family rather than you're leaving your, the family that you've known. You know, so you're just gaining, gaining a family here in the city. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And where can people uh, find you for that service? Okay, so we are the New York Home Squad. You can go to our website, www.newyorkhomesquad.com, or uh, you can find me on Instagram, uh, uh, Mike Cannon Home Squad. I'm the real estate Spartan. Uh, you can also email me at uh, Mike at NewYorkHomesquad.com. Um, what else? Find me on Facebook. 
uh, I'm all over the place. So, uh, and my website has all my contact information. So check that out. Um, has rentals on there. It has uh, homes for sale on there. And uh, the main thing is to just get in contact with me and just let's have a conversation about where they are and uh, how I can help. Awesome. I appreciate your time, Michael. We're going to bring you back for the lightning round in just a moment. All right. Let's go. All right, Mike Cannon, are you ready for the lightning round? Yes. Do I have to hit a buzzer? Or uh, no, just, just one okay. word answers, just quick answers. Okay. Don't think too much. We'll try to get through uh, as many as we have, 15 questions. We'll see if we can get through all 15 in under a minute, all right? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> all right. First Broadway soundtrack you got obsessed over? Rent. Rent. Nice. Uh, Go-to song when you're singing in the shower? Open arms. Cake or pie? Pie. What? Okay. Uh, show you. I didn't, know, I didn't know there were wrong answers. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there are wrong answers, and, and you missed that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. shows, you, shows you wish you could go back in time to be in. Starlight Express. Nice. I love a roller skate. Okay, go ahead. Who is someone that if punched you in the face, you wouldn't be mad? You. Hey, all right. <laughs> I wouldn't dare. You're if doing you could, nicely. Uh, okay, besides Aladdin, I know you've been in Aladdin for six years, but if you could do a show for the next five years, what would it be? A chorus line. Say good day, mate, in an Australian accent. Good eye, mate. Oh, hey, all right. Uh, <laughs> I've been Steve watching a lot of Bondi Rescue. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Sondheim is writing a musical about your favorite toy when you were a child. What is it? The baseball bat. <laughs> South Pacific or Oklahoma? Oklahoma. Sour Patch Kids or Swedish Fish? Uh, Swedish Fish. <laughs> which, animal, <laughs> which animal adds more joy to the world, squirrels or llamas? Oh, that's clearly llamas. <laughs> Go-to cast album when you're on a road trip? Rent. Next superhero to have a Broadway musical? Aquaman. It's going to be really difficult, oh, the production yeah. value. <laughs> yeah. uh, I show up to an audition for you, uh, and it's a show that you're directing. Without seeing me sing, dance, or act, what do you typecast me in? Uh, the boss. Oh. Yep. Very nice. Congratulations on making your way through the lightning round, Mike. I did it? <laughs> you did. <laughs> oh, man. And I complimented you twice. <laughs> hey, it's been great catching up with you, Mike. Congratulations great. on all your success, and I, I wish you all the best. And uh, we'll, we'll put some links in our, in our show notes as well for people to get in contact with you if they want yeah, to awesome. take the fear out of moving to New York. They can, they can look you up and seek your advice. Yeah. I, I wish you and your family all the best and can't wait to see you back on stage after the world gets back to normal. Yeah, absolutely, man. All love to your family as well. So good to talk to you, buddy. You too. Thanks. If you have a huge audition coming up and you don't want to search through the same old monologue books, check out performerstuff.com. Our custom search feature lets you narrow down exactly what you're looking for, get a quick preview of the monologue, then print it out. Plus, lots of materials come straight from the playwright, so you won't walk in with the same monologue as everyone else. It's the easiest way to get your audition or classroom monologues. Search, preview, print at performerstuff.com.
That's what I'm talking about. That's why I had to have Mike on the show. That guy is so humble and he's so talented. Bless. Uh, I just love the fact that he talked about how he outworks everyone at auditions. I mean, the guy is phenomenally talented. He can sing, he can dance, he can act, he works out, he's handsome. He's really hard to stand next to at an audition, but he works hard. And you know that, that nugget there about going to the aerobics room at the gym and really getting the choreography in, like that's in between callbacks. That's something that I missed when I was a performer. When I was a young performer hitting auditions, I probably spent more time being nervous and having anxiety in between my audition and my callback than I did actually rehearsing and going over what I should have been going over. I should have taken more time in between callbacks to really get those things into my body. It's an amateur mistake and I'm glad Mike brought it up. I think it's wonderful for people to do that and to know that. So man, Mike is awesome. So I hope you all learned that you took notes and you apply some of those lessons to your future audition. Now it's time for Thank You Five. Thank You Five is where I spend five minutes talking about whatever I want to talk about. So here we go. The other day I was on performerstuff.com and I read an awesome article about what actors and uh, singers should have in their rehearsal bag. And it inspired me to think about your audition bag. What should be in your audition bag? Well, spend some time to think about it. So you're not concerning yourself with what you have and what you don't have. You can just focus on yourself when you go to that audition. But I have five minutes to give you my ideas of what should be in your audition bag. So take note and here I go. First of all, your dance shoes. This may seem obvious to dancers, but singers, actors, they might be moving you at the audition. So can you dance in the shoes that you're going in or can you bring a pair? Also, if you can do that style of dance, then bring those dance shoes. If you cannot do that style of dance, even if you own the shoes, don't bring them. Nobody wants to see you fail at point work at an audition. All right. So if you have the shoes and you can do that style of dance, go ahead and bring them, even though they might not be needed or called for. It's always best to be prepared. Also bring a jacket or a sweater or a hoodie, something to stay warm. Some of these audition rooms can be pretty cold. They're pumping that AC because people are dancing or there's just a lot of people in there breathing. So after you get done dancing or when people start to leave, that AC is still going to be pumping and that sweat on your body is going to start to cool down. So keep your body warm, bring a jacket, a hoodie, or a sweater. Also bring a change of dance attire. You know, you might rip your tights or leotard. You don't wanna be in your head about what you look like. So go ahead and bring a change of clothes just in case an accident happens. And for you, you singers and actors, make sure you're bringing something that you can move in, move in as well, all right? So you're gonna to wanna to bring your book of music, of course, so the accompanist can play it, but you wanna bring something to listen to that music. Now you wanna to listen to the piano track you're gonna be singing to. Don't listen to the original recording of the song because that's nothing like what the accompanist is about to play with you. So bring something to listen to that music and bring headphones to listen to it with. Bring a notepad and a pen. You might need to be taking some notes, might need to take directions. You might meet somebody and wanna write down their contact information. Now you can do that on your phone, but I would advise against it. Typing on your phone, taking notes on your phone looks like you're doing something else. It could look unprofessional and you got to manage that perception. So go ahead and bring a notepad and a pen, something to write down with. That way a choreographer and director can see you're taking notes. 
Bring water. You got to stay hydrated. Bring a snack, something high in protein and low in sugar. You don't want a sugar crash in the middle of the audition. And be mindful of any snacks with dairy in them and what they could do to your throat. And with that in mind, bring some cough drops and some mints. Now, cough drops are good, you know, to help you with your singing voice or your speaking voice. But also, I've seen a lot of performers not have the stamina to make it through an audition, or maybe they were just really nervous, but I've seen people vomit at auditions and you're gonna wanna have something to kill that breath if that happens to you. <laughs> All right, uh, let's also talk about a toiletry bag. So it could be a bit different for men and women, razors and different things that you need, but think about a toiletry bag, think about deodorant, Everybody could use a little spray of deodorant after a long audition day. I bring a towel, something to dry off with. Bring a first aid kit as well. Sometimes some of the dance shoes that you're wearing, maybe you haven't worn in a while or you have character heels that aren't quite broken in. You know, so something with band-aids or maybe some Aleve or ibuprofen or some gauze or tape to wrap an ankle just in case, but maybe just a little first aid kit, nothing heavy duty. Think about your hair too. If you're going in to sing or to read, your hair might be down, but then they're gonna have you dance and you're gonna to wanna to pull that up and maybe they're gonna have you sing again. So now you gotta bring it back down. So how are you gonna maintain your hair throughout the day? Something I don't have to worry about being bald, but I advise you to think about uh, and make sure you plan accordingly. Also bring a shower kit. Now this isn't a necessary item and it might not be utilized, but what if you meet somebody, somebody important or a future friend, or you need to network? If you have the ability to go out for drinks or to eat afterwards and expand your network of people, or maybe just reminisce with friends that you went to the audition with, if the facilities do have a shower capability, hey, why not take advantage of it and go out fresh and clean? So a shower kit might not be a bad idea, especially if you're caught unaware that the audition is happening. Maybe you get a last minute call and you're at work or you're at a friend's house or you just need to shower and grab, a, grab your bag and go. So make sure your bag is prepared for that and make sure you create a checklist. Now, these are just my ideas. Maybe you're different and maybe you have some other ideas about what makes you most comfortable and confident at audition. I advise you strongly to create a checklist. That way you're not guessing or forgetting anything. You need to stay confident when you walk through that door and having a checklist and packing accordingly will help you crush that audition. Thank you, Five. If you need music for an audition or a voice lesson, Performer Stuff's got you covered. PerformerStuff.com offers not only full music sheets, but also 32 bar and 16 bar cuts, pre-selected by our on-staff music directors with an intro and easy to read sheet for your accompanist. If you need some help practicing, you can download an audition bundle with the sheet music, a vocal lead, and practice track. Plus, the audio on the track matches the sheet music, so you can walk into your audition knowing exactly what to expect. As always, our search feature makes it easy for you to find what you're looking for. So when you need music, come check us out at performerstuff.com. Now we're going to go into a segment called Professor's Corner, and I wanted to introduce you to a gentleman that I have known and loved for a long time. He is wicked smart. His capacity for music and for theater is huge. And from Ohio to Alabama, from New York to Singapore, this guy has done it all. He is an amazing musical supervisor, an amazing musical director. He is a phenomenal conductor and an amazing composer as well. He has done so many shows and educated so many people. 
that I wanted to bring him on to share his knowledge with all of you. He has educated at the high school and the collegiate level, and he continues to educate at the professional level as well. With every show that he does, he doesn't just teach notes, he teaches theory and philosophy. He is an amazing man. I know you're gonna love him. So for Professor's Corner, I'd like to welcome Mr. Sean Michael Flowers. Sean Michael Flowers, are you going to start praying or? No, no, Christian oh. Abbott, I, I just need to tell you uh, how <laughs> awesome it is. I mean, it's just awesome to see you and to share in this. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's good to see you again. Oh, it's wonderful to see you. So thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your incredible talent with us as well. When we think of those young performers, performers getting into the business, either getting into college, uh, coming out of college, really beginning their first efforts into their professional life in the theater. I know you have a lot of experience from the shows that you've been a part of to the colleges that you've taught in. You're so well-rounded when it comes to these individuals. Is there is there something that you would really tell that young performer, that young professional, uh, to guide them along the way? Um, you know, it, it, it's it's interesting because I, I think about this um, a lot. Um, and as the years pass and students come and go, um, what's always uh, what's always touching is uh, when they reach back out to you and they say, "Hey, I learned this from you. You know, it's technical. It's this. It's that." But the the thing that has stuck with me most over um, all of the years, um, be it at the high school level, be it at the collegiate level, be it at the professional level, is uh, when people reach back out to me and they say to me. Um, you know what, what you taught me was not just these technical things, um, but it was about how to be a well-rounded artist. Um, it was about how to be a well-rounded person and how to find balance and all of that, um, and how that has served them um, in becoming professionals. Um, and, and, and that's, I think, where I, 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 um, I kind of launched my, 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 my thought. Um, it's funny because I, I think back, Christian, to like when you and I, um, and I, I don't mean to, uh, to, to give away any history or, or to divulge anything that you don't want uh, on the air. But, Bring it. you know, we went, we went to high school together and um, I, I remember you walking down the hall, uh, this barrel chested dancer um, singing show tunes at the top of his lungs <laughs> in between classes. And I was like, who is this guy? And why aren't we friends yet? Like it was, it was an amazing thing. Um, but I, I guess that was probably one of the first seeds of um, understanding um, that there was so much that I didn't understand or, uh, or know about the business. Um, and we're not even to, to performance yet. Um, I, I remember, um, I'm going to fast forward just a little bit. It was probably, um, I was probably 18 or 19. And I read this book by Steven Citron called um, The Musical from the Inside Out. And um, in it, uh, it, it's really a book about how you craft the musical and as a composer um, and as a music director, those things are really important. Um, the, the points that he makes in the book are really important. But one of the things that has stuck with me through all times is that he says, you have to see everything you can. You have to listen to everything you can. Um, and uh, you have to read everything you can. Yeah. Um, and in today's day and age, it's so much different than when you and I were growing up, passing audio cassettes back and forth. Um, yep. uh, uh, I mean, but, we would uh, go. We would go to the music store, and we'd go to the soundtrack section, and we, it was like 
it was, that was our baseball collection. Need it, got it, got it, need it, need it, got it, need it. And that's how, you know, we bought a CD. If we liked it, we liked it. If we didn't, then we were out 20 bucks, you know? You know what? You, you and I and, and the generation before, um, you know, we all talk about like we would save up all of that money yep. to order the recording from First Night Records in uh, you know the UK and pay fifty bucks just to be able to hear what you know Blood Brothers sounded like or what right. you know what was happening on on, on the West End um, and and that brings me to the point about being a student of your craft um, you know when you decide um, and I'm going to touch upon this. Uh, in a different way in a second, but when you decide or when you feel chosen to walk the life of an artist, um, you have to then accept the fact that you're going to be a student of your craft for the rest of your life. Um, you never stop learning or you never should stop learning. You have to have a voracious appetite and you have to have a gluttonous consumption of work. Um, that um, can never go away. And in today's time, um, I, I, you know, it, it's crazy because my students will look at me now and say, can you choose a song for me? And I go, no, I can't. I mean, yes, I can, but no, I won't. You're going to go down the rabbit hole. And if that means that like 12 a.m. turns into 4 a.m., because you listened to Cole Porter and then that led you to like Kelly O'Hara and then that led you to Ricky Ian Gordon and Michael John Lake Cusa and it brought you to Jason Robert Brown and then it pulled you to Rogers and Hammerstein, then my job is done. Yeah. Like that's what we need to know. Um, and as all, as part of this, um, you know, Christian, I, I think back to, um, I, I was in junior high. Um, Les Mis was having their out of time tryouts in, uh, in, DC. They were at the Kennedy Center. And this girl named Crystal, who played the flute, um, handed me this cassette and said, I think you'll like this music. And I was like, oh yeah, cool, whatever. Like, you know, did bar 14 work for you when I was playing piano for her or whatever. So I go home and I pop in this cassette, those opening chords, the apex of the prologue, who am I? I dreamed a dream. Sorry, I'm a little out of sequence. Like whatever. Like you're just going. Yeah. And then second act, I flip that tape over and I hear bring him home. And that was the moment for me that I was like, what's happening? The, the, the stars have aligned. There's a different universe beyond who I am. I'm bigger somehow than I thought I ever was. Um, and, and that was a turning point. Did you have that turning point? No, I, absolutely. I, I, Lane Miz was a big part of that as well. Uh, I think probably because we're the same age, kind of the same theatrical generation. And, but I, rem I was brought up on movie musicals, so I knew a lot about that. My parents would take me to the theater, you know, so I, musicals were nothing new to me, but Lane Miz spoke to me more in a pop version, maybe in more of kind of uh, my musical tonality or something. But then what really got me, and this is not going to be very popular, but when I got the London recording of chess and I heard why is that not popular no but I, I, you know I, I know chess isn't big for everybody but that really changed my perspective on what Broadway music could be I mean you had like the arbiter there like really kind of rock and roll and this really electric guitar and I was I thought that was so groovy and so sexy and and all of a sudden it wasn't oh Broadway has to be this like my mom and dad Broadway can be whatever music you love and then you started sharing CDs and tapes with me and I was like I I never would have thought that could have been on stage you know and so 
like you said earlier, this day and age when you can really just get into YouTube and get online and you can really get down the rabbit hole, you know, I, I would highly suggest everybody do that because we had to share tapes and CDs and records, you know. 100%. Um, you know, it, it went from lame is to wearing out the Phantom of the Opera tapes yep. to wondering what this show was called Miss Saigon. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, um, and then later in life, um, as, uh, as I look to understand the, the larger trends, because, you know, there were times before this British invasion that they said the musical is dead. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly the British invasion happened. This goes back to being a student of your craft. Like, when did that British invasion happen? Why did it happen? Why did that speak to us? Why did the, the pop opera um, through song musical suddenly land in the way that it is, um, that it has? And then how did we shift away from that? Chess is a prime example of that um, in, in all of its incarnations. And actually, you bring up a really great and very difficult point. Um, in understanding, listening to everything you can, reading and, and seeing everything you can, why did we go from the London recording? Um, why, why did they change it so much on Broadway? Why did Tim Rice abandon that, that, that production and say, this isn't what I thought the show should be? Yeah. Um, hearing those differences, why were there differences between the, the initial concept album of Les Mis to the London recording to the Broadway recording. These I, are all things that make you just a well-rounded artist. Yes, and, and, I, and I used to love that. I mean, I think, I think we both had our own collection of Les Miserables at the time, and we could always point to the Paris cast recording and its different uh, acting techniques You're that are globalized, yeah. you know? And then, but then you also have, you have the, I think, the Australian cast recording of Secret Garden, which is one of my favorites versus the Broadway recording. 100%. I mean, and they're, as an actor, as a performer, as a director, as a musical director, I think anybody who listens to those, those similar shows side by side can get an appreciation for the different takes, the different... Yeah. Well, unfortunately, as an artist, I, you know, look, you have to craft your own performance, 100%. Yeah. You have to make it your own. You have to do what you do every single night because that's why we hired you and that's why we pay you. But at the end of the day, if you can have that knowledge and you can have the Broadway and the London and the Australian and the local regional that you saw and the community theater production all in the back of your brain and you're able to cherry pick as you're forming your own performance then what a brilliant I mean what what a what a utopian sort of like yeah I, I'm you know I'm, I'm losing words right now but no no I, I I totally get what you're saying I mean it's 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 a great point and I you know I used to struggle when I was younger with appreciating the artists of my past. You know, my dance teachers looked up to different dancers than I did, you know, and my, you know, vocal teachers, they looked up to different composers and, then, and singers than I did, you know, but them teaching me about their mentors and about their idols made me appreciate them and, okay, well, I better go and learn about who this Agnes DeMille is. I better go and learn about who this Bob Fosse is. And then by the time I came to my professional career and I walk into that audition and that choreographer says, all right, I want this to be Fosse. Boom, I know what that is. But the what other 16 year olds around have no idea because they didn't watch Sweet Charity. So, you know, <laughs> you, you come in for an audition, you're giving 32 bars. And uh, if it's the latter half of the song, 
you must write in the name of the, the, the title of the song, what it's from, and then who wrote it. Because if I'm at the piano, piano I instantly go, I, I might not know the tune, but I'll go, Cole Porter, got it. I understand the style. I'm ready to go. You know, it's the same sort of thing. Um, and, and actually, you know, at that age, Christian, when, when you and I were sharing audio cassettes, you gave me falsettos for the first time, my friend. I remember to driving like to band camp and going, what's happening? Why are these people neurotic? Why are they so smart? This is amazing music. I don't know what I, what's happening in my life. That was another moment where it was like, I'm like pulling into, anyway, doesn't matter. Um, so, uh, but you know, at that age, I poo-pooed all the greats. Mm -hmm. I thought Rodgers and Hammerstein was garbage. It wasn't cutting edge. It they they didn't understand. I mean, like it was like, oh, who? Why? Why does anyone do Oklahoma or yeah. South Pacific? And all, I mean, run the gamut. I I was bored. But as an adult, as a music director, as a conductor, um, as somebody who's a composer and, and looks at that, you know, the neighboring tones how you sing Rodgers and Hammerstein, all those neighboring tones and tuning them, the accuracy that has to be had through all of that is, is paramount. The social themes that exist through all of their shows, they were so far ahead of their time. There are reasons, my friend, why revivals are revivals. They keep coming back because they still have something to say. They still hold up a mirror to society. They still um, make us... Uh, uh, evaluate who we are, where we are, what we're doing. Um, and and I, I guess if that's served to us on a, on a bit of a, with, with a little bit of a spoonful of sugar um, to, to help it go down because it feels like yesteryear, then okay. But you must know this material. Stylistically, it, it, and we're not going to get into to heavy technique stuff on this call, um, but the truth is that you must understand the difference between legit singing and the golden age of musical theater and early musical comedy. And before, if you're walking to an audition, I was just in class the other day and this, this girl came in and she's belting everything um, from uh, Kiss Me Kate. And I was like, no, we, we, that's not how it's done. Um, you know, those, those, you bring up an, an amazing point. Revivals are revivals for a reason because they do still have something to say. And I'm going to get a little more shallow than that because there are very deep things that, that you're saying, you know, artistically, musically, socially, those shows are still relevant. However, those shows are probably going to be what pays your bills as a performer. You know, so knowing knowing guys and dolls from the 1950s, you know, is that's going to be a show that's going to come around. They come around Several because, times because they sell tickets, they put yep. butts into seats, yep. and that's what's going to pay your salary. Knowing those shows is only going to help you get that get that you job. Know, one you of look the other Hello Dolly on your background right there. Hello, hello. The shows are still being done. They're still paying people's bills. Um, and what a brilliant show! I mean, you cannot get away from the fact that Jerry Herman. Um, when put on your Sunday clothes happens and suddenly the train is coming down and it's all chugging, there's nothing better in musical theater. And if you don't understand what that is, but you also bring up a great point that'll pay the bills. So will doing readings of new shows. That means seeing everything you can, reading everything you can um, and uh, uh, listening to everything you can. And as part of that, you have to know as much as you can. You have to be a student of the craft. That means if you're in your voice lessons, Figure out some sight singing stuff. 
you, you have to be able to be that versatile musician that walks in the door and goes, yeah, I got it, I'm able to go. Um, if you aren't a dancer, um, if you uh, aren't, a t maybe you're a dancer, but you're not a tapper, um, mm -hmm. then take, take any sort of like rudimentary tap before you go in, into an audition. Yep. Like figure out the language so that when they say, um, and I'm gonna embarrass you right now because you are the dancer, but flat ball change, is that right? Yeah, flat ball change. You got okay. it. You're good. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's a singer needs to know that. You know, just it, it'll just make you stand up a little bit more than the other singers who don't. And the same thing and, goes for dancers. Take a vocal. And if that's the one thing you get in, right in the audition, then that's the one thing you got right because you you had the knowledge that you needed to to walk into the door. Um, now that's some great some great points. I think. Being a student of your craft and knowing that if this is the career that you've chosen, you will always need to be a student of your craft. Never and I, like, I like what you said, you know, watch everything, see, read everything and listen to everything. And it's, it's, it's only going to benefit you. I think those are wonderful pieces of advice. And nobody handed me that. We kind of had to figure that out on our own just because we were such fans of it all. But I was lucky to have the people around me who pushed me to learn new things and not everybody has that. So I think it's important for us to encourage people to just listen, just you, you might not like it, but just listen to it and understand it. Christian, you are baiting me for our next few talks because we're totally going to talk about this stuff moving forward. I swear to you. Well, I can't thank you enough for your time today, Sean. Uh, you know, awesome. we'll, we'll talk again very soon. Thank you for everything. Yep. Thanks buddy. Join me, Mark Pawsey, your host for Pro Series on PerformerStuff.com with friends and colleagues from the entertainment world whom I've had the pleasure to work alongside during my illustrious show business career. Together in conversation, we share our knowledge, experiences, wisdom and passion for the arts. From Broadway and the West End to theme parks, cruise ships and everything in between, Pro Series will bring you tips on how we succeeded in this industry that we love and respect. Pro Series. Conversations with the pros brought to you by PerformerStuff.com. Well, there you go. That's episode one in the bag. A couple of my top takeaways from this episode. Mike talking about working hard in between callbacks is not to be taken lightly. And also through the rehearsal process, just because you get done at rehearsals doesn't mean you turn it off. You got to stay on your game. Continue to think about that at home. Take diligent notes and make sure you're staying healthy so you can last throughout the rehearsal process and actually open the show. Lots of understudies actually go in opening week of shows because people are so exhausted from rehearsals. Don't let that be one of you. All right. And then of course, Sean, you know, talking about always being a student of the craft, dive in, find new material, find new artists, find new shows. It's so available fall down that rabbit hole. You'll have a good time doing it. Hey, next episode, we are featuring an amazing performer, Gabrielle Reed, who was in the original cast of Beautiful, the Carol King musical, amongst other incredible credits. And she's going to talk about why it took her like four years, eight auditions to get into the hairspray, to get into the Broadway show Hairspray. You're not going to want to miss this story. And the incredible Nicolette Hart will be joining us for Professor's Corner, and she'll be talking about why it's important to be a well-rounded performer. So tune in next time for Gabrielle Reed, Nicolette Hart, and myself in the holding room. <laughs>